It's just like a Zoom conference call with hundreds <laughs> of other kids around the world who all have this Joker mask. This Joker taunts Batman with YouTube videos. I definitely want to see the Joker uh, prank Batman by taking the tires off the Batmobile. Welcome back to New Rock Stars and welcome back to Rogue Theory. I'm off screen producer Zach Huddleston. Again, on screen, what has happened? And this is the show where we go rogue on the nerdy topics that everybody's talking about. And with me today, what a panel we have. Uh, nobody I would rather be remotely doing a show with than, of course, good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Voss. Hello. Thanks for having me back on screen, Zach. <laughs> What do you mean? Thanks for having you back. You're always here. But you know who's not always here? First time on the show, we're super excited to have writer and comedian Erica Wusu with us. Hey. What up, folks? And writer and host of the Geek History Lesson podcast, Mr. Jason Inman. Thanks for Woo. having me. Can I just say, Zach, like, I'm so excited to have Jason and Wusu on the show. I've been uh, big fans of yours, Jason, for a while. And then, Same to uh, you, Eric. Yeah, man, it's so awesome. And then Awusu and I have been like doing sketch comedy together for, for like five years now, and we've been trying to find a way to get him on New Rock Stars. We're so glad to finally have you here because we know you're as big a nerd as the rest of us are, so. Aw, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been following this casting news for the Batman, the Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson uh, Batman movie that's coming out, right? We, oh, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Oh, uh, uh, Colin Farrell as, as Penguin. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And then we heard this latest rumor that of, it's gonna be part of a planned trilogy. And in the second and third movie, they're gonna introduce the Joker, a, a character we've seen almost as much as the Batman. Um, certainly lately, we've seen so many Jokers, right? The, the Heath Ledger Joker wasn't that long ago. Then we got Jared Leto and Joaquin Phoenix and his Oscar winning performance. There's been a lot of Joker in our life, but maybe there's room for more. What I wanna know from you, what I want you to go rogue on is, what's a new take that we haven't seen in a Batman film yet? What's a new way we can see the Clown Prince of Crime that we haven't already? Okay, so the biggest thing you have with the Joker is trying to do something different. By the way, I also want to point out, can you believe we now live in a world where there's the Oscar-winning Joker performance? <laughs> We're twice over now. So anyways. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you have to figure out, like, what do you do that's different? Because I think if you just do Murderer Joker, we've seen it over and over again. If you do um, anything close to Mobster Joker, that's just what Jack Nicholson did. So... I would take on a little bit of modern day, also at the same time stealing from a classic Superman villain called the Prankster. Now, if you don't know about the Prankster, the Prankster would basically pull off some sort of prank or shenanigan on Superman or tell him about a future crime and almost dare him to stop him. And generally when Superman would try to stop that person, he would get insulted or a pie in the face or all kinds of things like that. We live in a YouTube prank world. So I'm saying if this Joker is going against Robert Pattinson or Battison, however you want to call that, um, <laughs> this Joker taunts Batman with YouTube videos, basically mm -hmm. daring the Batman on YouTube or all of social media to stop him before he commits his crime. And if the Batman can't stop this, he's going to get a pie in the face. He's going to record Batman screwing up to all of his. So Gotham City loses faith in the Batman. 
You know, um, and also it ties back to the very first appearance of Joker ever in Batman issue number one, where Joker came onto the radio and said, I'm going to kill this man by midnight. Stop me, Batman. So update that. Make Joker the ultimate prankster. I really like that, Jason, especially it kind of somebody who kind of pranks Batman also helps point out the ridiculousness of this rich guy that drives around totally. in like, you know, ears and like a crazy car and stuff like that. Right. That That's a, a newer take. Right. Rarely do we get to poke fun at like Batman in his own world. In that Could way, be a lot too. of one percenter jokes in there. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great, uh, Jason. I really like that. And, and maybe th that also is nice too, in that we could see that be like a recurring thread, right? Even if Joker is not the main antagonist in the second or third movie, right? If Batman's also fighting Penguin or Riddler or whoever, right? Like you could see that adding to the stew of Batman well, or whatever. There's nothing to say that if you do it on this take that we couldn't in the first, the Batman movie, scroll the camera past the television and then boom we get a quick snippet of whoever the joker is going to become performing a prank kind of like what we saw hank mccoy in the first x-men movie yeah or like some kids looking at his smartphone yeah. at a bus stop or something and you just happen to see a little flash of it before he's like stop looking at my phone stranger yeah, yeah and alfred's <laughs> like oh dear what's happened to gotham they're watching prank videos bust away <laughs> also i will never take the subway again <laughs> <laughs> You know what, Jason, I was fully ready to give you two um, sparkle bucks for that theory, but the um, double Alfred imitation oh. bumps you up to three. You get um, three points oh, right. uh, for that. You know, and this is very tight in because uh, those three sparkle points transfer into uh, three multicolored Batman pops. Ooh. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, normal <laughs> orange and green. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Eric Wusu, how do you think we could put a new spin on the Joker? Well, first I want to say that was a great take, Jason. Uh, I definitely Thank want you. to see the Joker uh, prank Batman by taking the tires off the Batmobile in the middle <laughs> of the night so Batman can't even drive out of the cave to stop mischief. That's fantastic. Uh, I think the new Joker should be kind of inspired by Cesar Romero, who played the 60s Batman uh, opposite Adam West. So just very theatrical and maniacal and just super like just just like a shakespearean villain almost tormenting the batman like that would be a good foil to batman's stoic i'm gonna get you crime nature and i think that would be good opposite robert pattinson pattinson sorry uh in the new batman movies and so that also in this like that would make it timeless right because you know no matter what shenanigans uh, the joker takes part in whether it's you know, pranks and YouTube stuff, or, you know, back in the 60s, getting a giant bomb and getting Batman to run around with it on a pier. <laughs> like, no matter where where the Joker is in time, like, he has to be a theatrical foil and just do the, the most, essentially, and be the biggest, most ridiculous villain he can be. So I think, inspired by Cesar Romero, that would be a great Batman villain to have in these new Robert Pattinson Batman movies. I love that, Eric. It also, like, the way you just described him also makes me think a little bit about Mark Hamill's yeah. animated mm. Joker, too, right? Who was, like, very kind of over-the-top, 
you know, uh, he didn't have a mustache, but almost like mustache twirling or whatever, too. The other plus is that if you're going for, like, Cesar Romero, whoever's the actor has to legitimately grow a giant mustache, <laughs> and you must paint over it with the white paint. And so then it becomes, oh. the, it becomes the reveal to the audience where they're like, oh, that guy with the mustache, he can't be the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Little do also, they know. Yeah, yeah. The, the Warner Brothers editors are going to be so happy that they don't have to CGI out another yeah. mustache. <laughs> no, in this movie, you're going to want to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was great, Eric. Um, and uh, for that, uh, I also award you three uh, Sparkle Buck points. So Aww. I put those in. And what do those turn into? Those turn into a Joker playing card. Look at that. <laughs> oh. oh, appropriate. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know how many decks of cards you have, but uh, <laughs> just the you, one. Might, you might need a couple. If, okay. You know, um, New Rockstars didn't cover it in the budget for today, so I, can, I only had to work with what I had available. <laughs> I usually throw my Jokers away, so that shows what um, where I'm putting my priorities. But uh, you gotta have them for spades. You gotta have the Jokers available for the. Oh. Oh, game space. good point. Yep, good yep. point. Um, Eric Voss, what, what's your hot new take on uh, our old friend, the Joker? Uh, okay, well, I, I do agree with what I, I feel like all of us are saying, that we, we could use a break, uh, at least for a couple years from the Joker. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's take was fantastic, and in my mind, Heath Ledger's take is as fresh and recent as ever. So, like, yeah, if you want to really delay this Joker reveal to, like, the third of these movies... I'm totally fine with that. Like, I, I like that we're getting Penguin and the Riddler in the Batman, and I would love for the second one maybe to explore either Hugo Strange or Court of Owls. Mm. Uh, I think there's a lot of fresh ground with characters that we have not seen in live action on, on the big screen before. So, yeah, maybe we can come back in 2026 to, to Joker <laughs> and the third one. And, yeah, I agree with you guys. It needs to be something we haven't seen before. And I like this idea of a, of a social media angle, Jason. And I think there's uh, a way to do it even more, even more timeless, like Awusu was saying. I wonder if there's like a way we can go back to the essence of what social media is. It's like virality, right? Like it's it's word of mouth. It's just like people connecting with each other. And I wonder if there's a way you can do that pre-internet and kind of turn Joker into this mythologized, fearsome figure like Slenderman or the Candyman or mm. whatever the Boogeyman is, uh, uh, Bloody Mary or something like that. This this legend, this urban legend that kids pass along to each other and try to replicate. And the way that like now on social media, uh, kids are unfortunately like reenacting these Slenderman things that they like, the Slenderman hypnotizes you to go out in the woods and like, see if you can kill your friend or something horrible you know what if joker is that figure that like we don't even know if joker lives anymore he's just kind of like legendary figure this ghost story that kids pass along to each other and batman has to try to like stop this from spreading uh so the joker is kind of immortal in that way and that he's like tricking these kids uh through different means and batman his mission is to try to like go back to the patient zero of who started this urban legend and he's going he, he thinks it is a joker that the joker's still alive somewhere out there who's just perpetuating this myth and eventually he goes to somewhere like you know bangladesh or something and he finds some kid like some 13 year old kid at his computer who just like turns around and he just like smiles at, at batman and then just puts on a joker mask and then you see his computer. It's just like a Zoom conference call with hundreds of other kids around the world who all have this Joker mask and just laugh. And that's how the movie ends. Like, Batman realizes he can't stop it, you know? 
Whoa! Darkest Batman ending ever. <laughs> I love, I love that man because that is very similar to like what happens to the Joker in Batman Beyond, where it becomes like a yeah, gang yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Jokers with the Z. The cult That's of great. Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also similar to um, there was like an early '90s graphic novel, Digital Justice, that where Joker becomes like a virus, like there's a Joker virus. Because back in the <laughs> early days of uh, when people thought computers were just magic, it's like the net. It's like wait. They can erase someone's <laughs> only. <laughs> yeah, I I love that, Eric. I I also love, like, we've even seen this like a very kind of grounded crime version of this with like Kaiser Soze and the Usual Suspects, right? Where like a kind of a yeah. real character maybe goes beyond. I mean, you're spinning something different where it's not necessarily a real character. It is more the idea is more powerful. But like, um, yeah, I, I love that. And I love uh, Bangladesh. Not nearly enough movies resolve in Bangladesh. Kudos <laughs> to you. Yeah. Um, uh, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, the 90s virality of it. And for that, Eric Voss, you get three <laughs> sparkle bucks. Boy, three? Oh, three? <laughs> Whoa, three old smoker books? Well, they come out as sparkle bucks on my end. Looky here. Oh. Nice. When when Eric hosts the show, the, that goes the opposite way. He puts sparkle bucks and they I used to have cards. toys. Philip took all my toys. He said I'm too old for them. That's, like, <laughs> that's not that's not that's fair. So Jason disagrees. Fair. Jason yes, has I multiple bags. I have I have so many up. toys in this room. You have no idea. <laughs> I, <laughs> I Never grow that. up. Um, well, regardless, I think that the four of us need to agree to, to meet back up here in like 2022 when this movie is actually being made and then really discuss like what's going to happen with Joker. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Wonderful. Before we move on to talk about one of our favorite Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, a quick shout out to some of the people that help bring this show and all of our shows uh, to you here at New Rockstars. Uh, two out of three guys will experience some hair loss in their life, some male pattern baldness. And that's a bummer. I don't think anybody really wants that or enjoys that. So Keeps lets it be easier and more affordable than ever to get treatment for that hair loss and to help you keep the hair that you have. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products out there, but at half the cost of your local pharmacy. Hey, uh, and you don't even have to go to the doctor's office. That's one of the best parts about Keeps. You can do it all from home. You meet with a doctor online. They ship you the treatment. It comes to your house. You don't have to wait in line. You don't got to put on a mask and drive your car and do all this stuff. It all at home, and that's great. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. So if, you, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, Go to keeps.com slash rogue theory to receive your first month of treatment free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash rogue theory to start today. Uh, sometimes our online research at New Rockstars for our videos takes us into some questionable uh, places. <laughs> like, for instance, recently, Eric uh, had to help answer what happens uh, to pregnant women during the snap. Yeah, and... I've gone down some very weird <laughs> rabbit holes, and now my YouTube recommendations are real fun. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it's times like that where it doesn't matter what mode you're using, you know, incognito or whatever, or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every site you visited, okay? And that's why, whether at home or work, we use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. 
ExpressVPN keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. It runs seamlessly in the background. You just tap one button and boom, you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV if you use that. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com rogue, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash rogue, R-O-U-G-U-E, if you haven't already seen that in the title of this video, express.com slash rogue to learn more. Every week uh, we play a game uh, of Rogue Theory with our patrons, our Patreon patrons, on our new Rockstars Discord server, uh, where we pick a couple people to pitch their own theories on a fun topic, and then everybody votes and picks a winner. And this week we asked three patrons to pitch their theories for where they think Daredevil is gonna show up next in the MCU. Uh, and we had some great ones, Avenger Nerd and Bruca. Brooka had some great theories, uh, but the winner this week was Quizno. Love your sandwiches, and I also love your theory. Uh, <laughs> and he pitched that Daredevil is actually going to show up in the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, Disney Plus series. He's going to be in there helping Sam and Bucky fight off Zemo and Bullseye. He's going to debut. And uh, that both of those henchmen, it's going to be revealed at the end, were working for Doctor Doom. Which... Mm. Good God, if if we get a Doctor Doom reveal in a Disney Plus show, that's really going to um, blow up the MCU, I feel like, could set up a, a new big bad. You liked that theory, right, Eric Voss? Yeah, I was a big fan of that one. I especially liked how the, the primary setting of it was the new Baxter building. You were going along with that theory that it seems pretty likely that the Avengers Tower in the MCU, its new ownership is, the, is Reed Richards, the Fantastic Four. And I just, like, visualize this idea of, like, Kind of like the raid, you know, just kind of working up the floors of that building, <laughs> fighting off the bad guys and, and trying to take it back. Uh, and I love anything that you can get Charlie Cox Daredevil to actually admit the fact that there is this tower in the skyline of his setting because those Netflix shows never just pan up a little bit just to show us that building in the spot of the MetLife. Uh, building in, in Manhattan. So I, I love this theory and I love uh, the possibility to tie in Doctor Doom because that guy definitely needs a reboot. And and all New Rockstars fans know if there's one thing Eric Voss loves more than like MCU movies, it's real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy is a is a stand for buildings, okay? <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Zach knows me too well. <laughs> uh, so you too can play along with future uh, Discord Rogue Theories. If you become a patron of New Rockstars and log on to our Discord server, we play every week. It's a great time. Uh, speaking of playing, we got to move on to our next topic. Uh, one of our favorite Guardians of the Galaxy characters, and, and I think like a character in the MCU that's had this really interesting arc, is Nebula. Right, we get introduced to her as this kind of antagonist to Gamora, Thanos' uh, nastier daughter, right? And then, you know, she kind of has this great arc of redemption and by Guardians of the Galaxy 2, she's helping them out and in Avengers Endgame, she's both a good guy and a bad guy, depending on which timeline she's coming from. Uh, so that leaves so many opportunities for places that Nebula can go in the future of the MCU. So pitch me on where is Nebula going to show up next? What's she going to be doing? What's her agenda? Eric Voss, what do you think? Okay, um, 
To me, when I think of the character of Nebula in the MCU, the moment that stands out to me is that monologue, that rant she goes on in Volume 2, when she's talking to Kraglin about Thanos, about how he made her spar with her sister Gamora, and every time she lost, he, he cut off a piece of her until, like, piece by piece she was tortured. And then we get, like, an echo of that Infinity War where they have that great shot that pans around her and she has, like, all of her parts are separated just to, like, remind her of that tortuous upbringing. So what I want to see is a, a story in which Nebula gets to go back down history and, and down memory lane to look at each of these parts and hold the manufacturers of those parts responsible. So like, it seems like volume three is gonna explore Rocket's backstory. And he, like her, has a bunch of cybernetic implants. He kind of has a similar upbringing. So I think they're both gonna like set out together and maybe go visit Half World or whatever that origin was where like those cybernetic surgeons are, are putting in these parts to them and, and causing them all this pain. But then Rocket might go off on his own side story to maybe go back in his history with, with Lila, his old flame. Whereas I think Gamora is gonna go off on her own trajectory and track down each of the people, uh, maybe based on the serial numbers on the parts and be like, oh, so you made this wrist implant and then like use it to like choke them or something like that. <laughs> it's gonna be like her Kill Bill story as she goes from planet to planet to like avenge each of the, uh, the people who caused her the pain because she can't kill Thanos anymore. So she's gotta, <laughs> she's gotta hold someone responsible. That to me, that, that's Nebula. That's, that's her whole uh, modus operandi. I, I love that, Eric. That's such like a fun, and you could see that thematically, like the parallel of them both dealing with both their like histories and how that manifests in their bodies, right? Right, yeah. Uh, I also, I mean, you could probably, because Nebula is mostly a good guy now, that like as she's like, yeah, killing the dude that made her wrist, but he's also like a human trafficker or something like that, right? right yeah. Like these aren't good, honest tradespeople that she's wiping out, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you had any kind of uh, connection, you're, uh, what was the three billboards term? Like you're culpable, right? So like yeah. you might not have done it yourself, but there's blood on your hands. Yeah, so if you- go, yeah. If you agree to be a Thanos subcontractor, you've got you've got some red in your ledger. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's great, Eric. I love that. Um, in honor of uh, her sister Gamora, I I award you two green uh, sparkle buck cards. Wow, two green sparkle bucks. Uh, thank you, sir. But also, <laughs> for whatever reason, came out like a whole bunch of them. So do I get oh. all these, or okay, is that that's, just like the printer's broken? That's the uh, North Hollywood exchange rate, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, we got real bad inflation <laughs> up here. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Uh, Eric Wusu, where do you think we might see Nebula next? Yeah, I think uh, Nebula is on chart to find her sister, Gamora, uh, in the, when, the next time we see them. I think she teams up with Rocket Raccoon and Peter Quill to find Gamora, and they do. And I think the conflict becomes uh, Gamora and Peter Quill kind of pulling and vying for Gamora's attention because now Nebula's a good guy. She wants to be like partners in crime with her sister, wants to get closer to her, and now that kind of the slate has been wiped clean because we have this new Gamora. Uh, from 2013 or wherever. And Quill misses her. He was in anguish. He was so sad over her death that he ruined their chance to stop the snap and hit Mantis off of his head. So he's extra, like, longing for um, Gamora. So they kind of, uh, Peter Quill and Nebula kind of go back and forth. It's almost like a weird love triangle, but, like, not everyone's trying to bang. Oh. <laughs> it's, 
Yeah. And meanwhile, Rocket Raccoon is like I like what Voss was saying about him trying to find his origin parts and people who put him together. I, I really like that. Eric, because I think that points out, like, what I think will be a really interesting thing in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. The fact that, like, these characters have kind of, like, worked through a lot of stuff, right? Like, Gamora and Nebula's sisters have kind of, like, built their relationship. And obviously, Peter and Gamora have built a relationship. But, like, that kind of gets erased if it's, like, weird Gamora from the past. Which is great for, like movie plots right because we don't want people to like have worked through all their stuff right we want them to have to go through that stuff so like it is like a a, a great way to like reset the conflict on all those characters in like a new fun way because now peter and nebula have a relationship that they have built even though they won't have the same relationship with gamora mm -hmm. yeah and uh woo i think that's a real fun like oh sorry woo is our sketch team's nickname for <laughs> everyone on our sketch team has like <sighs> dumb nicknames for each other so it just, it just kind of came out um <laughs> But yeah, man, I, I think like that reversal is really fun because we saw in volume two, it was like Nebula trying, or Gamora trying to teach Nebula about the value of like having a family that you can choose uh, and that all about the connection with your team. And now that would be flipped, right? So like Nebula has to like reteach this lesson to her sister that she previously taught her in another life. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Uh, Eric, uh, I en enjoyed that and I award that theory uh, two uh, green sparkle oh, points. Thank you so much. I'm <laughs> really going to enjoy these that translate into an American flag and a Puerto Rico fridge sticker. This is amazing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, wonderful. Uh, Jason, what do you think uh, the next stage of uh, Nebula is going to be? So I'm going a little bonkers. Well, not, not quite bonkers with mine. I'm going, I'm going way out there. Uh, I think in Avengers Endgame, where present-day Nebula, the good Nebula, the one that had been palling around with the Avengers Nebula, killed the past bad Nebula, that was the end, symbolic end of all her bad acts. So Nebula going forward is completely good. So... The thing that I always loved about the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, and it's something that they've kind of gotten away from, and it's something I would like them to see to go back to, is in the first movie, they are all criminals. They are all bad people. So if Nebula has spent the last five years of this in-game timeline palling around with the do-gooders of the Avengers, I kind of think she would be like, you know what? I don't think these a-holes are good enough to find my sister but there was an organization out there that was really good and reminded me a lot of the Avengers. So I'm going to say that Nebula is going to use her tech to restart the Nova Corps. Oh, And damn. that you will see Nebula as a Nova agent. And then when the Guardians in Guardians 3 go back to their sort of criminal senses, you know, so, so the Guardians get up to some mischief and they're like, you know what, we need to activate Adam Warlock because he's been hinted for two movies now. That... Nebula and her do her new do-gooder pals, the Nova Corps, will be like, you can't do that. That's the stupidest thing in the galaxy. And it'll become a Nebula as sort of the cops. And uh, they're the Smokies. And the Guardians of the Galaxies are the bandits. And they're gonna, it's going to be a chase. Oh, that's fun. I do like getting back to the, like, the original like smugglers you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of energy of that first movie. That's yeah. super fun. Well, yeah. and then that way it gives you, it allows you to, like, 
have Nebula kind of be like uh, I can't remember the John C. Riley character from the first movie. So the entire movie, she's yeah. like, "You guys are Roman like Dead. I was. I was just working with War Machine and Captain Marvel. You guys are pathetic." Yeah. <laughs> Berating. She's like the yeah. nasty drill sergeant or whatever. Exactly. Well, because Peter Quill, like he's been dust for five years, whereas Nebula has gotten better and better and better. So, like, Peter Quill is a joke to her now. <laughs> I, I love, too, because, like, the entire Nova Corps got wiped off off screen, yeah. right? Like, you know, they had this, like, very inglorious death. So I do love, like, making them the, like, McHale's Navy or, like, F Troop of the MCU. And Nova has to come in, or uh, uh, Nebula has to come in and, like, beat them into shape. Like, that's It would also, fun. like, that would be, like, a great, if you think about it, like, a great, like, end of your first act twist where, like, there is a new Nova Corps, and everybody's like, oh, man, we don't know who the Master Nova is. And then they walk into a room, and, like, Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader at the dinner table, there's Nebula. And you could get that what-the-F moment with Peter Quill. <laughs> like, you literally could drop the F-bomb right there. And it could be every trailer moment. It could just be see Peter Quill be like, what the Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, Ohio yeah. Players. Gap <laughs> Band. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I love that. That sounds... All three of these theories sound really, really fun. And like, you could totally picture them. And even the characters none of you mentioned, you know, like, oh, where does Drax fit in there or whatever. You totally can picture that, how that ensemble is going to work. I love that, Jason. I award you, um, I know this is going to seem like totally out of nowhere, but two uh, Sparkle Buck points. Oh, thank you. And they and they just transformed into a pink and purple Batman. Whoa! Oh, yeah, those new <laughs> he is like what? a Crayola crayon box of just Batman. That's why I said never grow up. You got to keep your colored Batmans. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. Um, you know, normally this would be the part in the show where we, we, where we recap the scores. But I know because I gave out all the points that everybody has the exact same number of points. I have 17. Um, <laughs> <I don't... laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess everybody has 17. Who knows? Um, as we uh, head into our final segment here, the rogue questions, these are random, weird little questions that often provoke funny answers. Maybe. Um, uh, the first one this week, uh, Keanu Reeves said that the reason he came back for a fourth Matrix movie was that he loved the script and it was something we can take nourishment from, which is just such a Keanu Reeves phrase, take <laughs> nourishment from the story. Uh, so speaking of nourishment, Nourishment? Am I pronouncing that like a Canadian person? I don't know. A little bit. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of snack do you think this fourth Matrix movie will be the equivalent of? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I think he's talking about Red Vines. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that Red Vines are not as good as Twizzlers. And once you taste them, you immediately regret your decision and you don't want them. And that's what I think the Matrix 4 is going to be. Oh. <laughs> not optimistic. I love no. it. <laughs> um, I think the, uh, the snack equivalent will be that delicious, amazing-looking uh, filet mignon that uh, <laughs> Cypher was eating when he was meeting with Agent Smith. I think that, to me, when I think of nourishment, like, oh, God, I could just watch that on loop, uh, and that will just be my I, my ASMR that trips me off to sleep every night. And, <laughs> oh, God, the sound of it. I will, I will never be able to be a vegan because of that clip. 
<laughs> Great. Yeah, I think the new Matrix is going to be essentially dipping dots because it's <laughs> it's going to be kind of futuristic a little bit, but then we're going to realize we saw this like 20 years ago. So it's not it's not that new. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be as colorful as the Wachowski siblings' hair. It's going to be great. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I liked all three of those answers, but I can't get past Jason saying Red Vines, I think it's so appropriate for the movie that gave us Red Pill, right? Not intentional. No, a happy accident. Yeah. I, I award you one. This is not really red. It's kind of pink. Okay. Uh, next rogue question. Uh, Kenneth Brana. Uh, Brana? Brana? I can't pronounce anything. Brana. Uh, direct, thank you. I'll just go with that. Just play his, <laughs> his pronunciation of it. Uh, director of the first Thor movie and star of upcoming Christopher Nolan movie Tenet said that he's not actually sure if he's the villain of the movie or not because <laughs> the script was so confusing. Um, so obviously Christopher Nolan writes these insane puzzle box uh, scripts, but uh, with his brother, Jonathan Nolan and other people. But what do you think about this script? Was there something extra confusing that didn't have anything to do with the plot? Maybe it was a strange font or something like that. What confused Kenneth Branagh so much? Um, I think what confused him is that they weren't handed uh, printed copies of it. Uh, he just brought in uh, two clones of Robert Pattinson. One was speaking in reverse, and the other one was speaking forward, and they were talking at the same time. And Brian just says, I can't make heads of tails of this. Great. I think because of the, the time effect, the backwards and forwards through time thing, uh, Kevin, whatever his last name is, uh, wasn't sure if he was a hero or a villain because he wasn't sure if he was smiling or frowning or scowling because of how time kept going back and forward. So it just inverted his face in the script so he didn't know how to take it when actually acting the role. Perfect. Love it. Jason? Uh, I think the reason why Kenneth Branagh is confused about whether he is a hero or villain is because I don't believe that there are characters in this movie. I believe that every human being in this movie is playing... Uh, remember the Inception noise? The blah. I think I'm going full Grant Morrison here. Uh, Christopher Nolan has made a movie about realized fifth dimensional sounds becoming human form. That's the reason why nobody has any idea what this movie's about. Whoa. That sounds so plausible for this movie. <laughs> if that's it's not very this Nolan, movie, right? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely Christopher Nolan's next movie, whatever yeah. you just described. Yeah, <laughs> that. Okay, wonderful. Uh, no points awarded. It all rolls over to the next one. Uh, our final rogue question. Uh, video came out this week or late last week of, you know, Disney World has started to reopen some of its areas and parks. And uh, in one of its kind of uh, retail areas, they have like two stormtroopers like acting out like a, a scripted skit about social distancing and like they're playing the audio of the stormtroopers uh, over the PA, uh, which is both great and extremely strange and perfect for the times we live in. Uh, so give me your best in character, like uh, the more you know PSA from a Star Wars character. All right, so mine is imagine a person in a giant foam Glob, and you'll know as soon as I do the voice. Be like, ho 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 ho! You know social distance. You go to carbonite. Ho 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 ho! Put on chain. That's it. That's great. Yep. Wonderful. I feel and, bad and for that, that employee was... dressed as Jabba. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I was, I was about to say that was Han Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll do um, uh, Kylo Ren from Last Jedi, and he's just like holding out his hand. He goes, "Don't take my hand. Don't take it. I know you want to, but don't you dare take it. Fight the." Fight the urge, and then he then he shatters like a hand sanitizer station or something That's like that that right. falls into a thousand pieces. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, love it. All right, so mine is of Yoda, all two feet of him in his glory. <laughs> he's back from the dead, and <laughs> he comes up to people and he's like, "Purify yourselves, you must." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all three of those were really good, and all three of you really committed to the characters, which I appreciate. <laughs> I award each of you all of the sparkle bucks. Yeah. Um, again, inflation is real. Nothing means anything. Oh, nice. uh, and, and, you know, I, it's at this point that I, I'm supposed to declare a winner. Oh, look at all those. So many Batmans. We didn't even get to the bottom of the Batman. No, time. you did. I mean, you did. Like, <laughs> if you were going to make me pull up another one, I was going to be like, it turned into Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're, uh, we're all winners here today. And again, thank you, uh, Jason Inman, uh, follow, we've got his social media handles underneath us right now. Check him out on, uh, Geek History Lesson. Yes. Geek History Lesson. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And all the other places that you can catch him. Eric Wusu, uh, follow him on social media and other places when when live performance returns to the earth maybe we'll see you perform live somewhere <laughs> if that ever happens uh catch up doing really fun stand-up sketch comedy all, all manner of performance around the los angeles area and and eric voss what do we got coming up on the channel this week uh, we have our, our rewatch, our Infinity Saga rewatch of Captain Marvel. We found some new, very interesting stuff to tie into the whole Infinity Saga. And we have a, a fun episode of Big Question coming out on Sunday that's going to do like a, a defense of the plot holes and unfair criticisms of Avengers Endgame. Because uh, being the top grossing film of all time is not enough! <laughs> I love it. I love it. And right in your wheelhouse, defending things. Yes. Um, uh, wonderful. And and you know what? Because I do have to declare a winner, but I, I was so happy to have our, I don't want either of our new uh, first-time guests, Eric and, and Jason, uh, to feel shorthanded. So I'm just going to make both of them losers. And Eric Voss, you win oh, today. Yeah! It's only Voss fair. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I expected a tie, but you flipped the table. <laughs> I know. He's also the only one of the three of you I have to work with every pink, day. So I might pink, as well keep pink Batman is very angry. <laughs> okay. Gotta keep the peace. Gotta keep the peace in the workplace. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, Eric, do you have a, a parting wish as the winner? Um, in honor of the Bill and Ted Face the Music trailer that just dropped this week, uh, I want us all to do our air guitars and air guitar <laughs> out the episode. Yeah. Okay, nice. perfect. Um, okay, that's it for this episode of Rogue Theory. Don't forget to subscribe to the Rogue Theory podcast and uh, follow New Rock Stars on Twitter and social medias. And of course, like this video, share it with friends. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>